Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomian Temper and Temporality Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 3. The Big Withers The professor stood in the middle of a maelstrom. It was almost like being back in the vortex, only every synapse screamed to her saying something was wrong, something was broken. My dear Cassandra, I trust you will forgive the brevity of this letter to you. I shall in time furnish you with a full account of our postnuptial trip to the continent, but now I must take advantage of a few silent minutes to let you know that we have returned to Manidan Park to begin married life. Though my darling Harris remains a somewhat aloof presence at the house at times, I dread to consider your remarks on the matter. His Aunt Lydia would stiffen your very spine. Hers remains permanently arched so as to observe me at the end of her severe nostrils, and she makes no concession to disproving my presence in the house. Harris himself is, on matters of business, most stirred, he talks favourably of a new partner with whom he shall set to work in the coming months. I look forward to meeting him at the Fairchild's dinner party on the 22nd. I know few faces here at Manidown, though curiously a most peculiarly dressed woman I met in passing in the grounds seemed most animated at seeing mine. She claimed to be quite lost in her perambulation, and I felt dreadfully embarrassed not to recognise her. However, she appeared not to mind and disappeared off into the trees, clutching on to the most bedraggled gentleman's hat atop her head. I shall write again soon, dearest sister, and remain now and forever. Mrs. Jane Bigwither The professor dived between the trees. As a painted canvas might appear when wrapped around an orb, so the landscape stretched and furled around her. A dense fog creeped around her and through her. She grabbed hold of the chronometer and watched as the dials quivered turning from 1802 to 1803. My dear Cassandra, what terrors and humiliation the fearsome Lydia Big Wither has calculated for me. For her part, these last ten months have been a continued assault on my nerves and the events of two nights ago really are the Nadir. Upon throwing a most unexpected dinner party and insisting I attend in spite of having no suitable dress ready for such occasion, she proceeded to apologise most profusely to her guests that I had dared to be present not suitably attired. The entire evening unfolded a protracted and wholly contrived attempt to criticise my very character before her troop of society ladies. You must laud me for keeping my temper at such an attack, though I made my mind known to Harris upon his return. He assures me in a distant voice that I must simply come to understand the poisonous old broom. Those are all the words he has spared me for more than a week. In these past few months he has time only for his work. Mr. Raleigh has proved a most profitable partner in the firm, and warm presence when visiting the house. He often inquires of our childhood in Steventon, knowing the area well, he claims, much to the disdain of Aunt Lydia. You may recall I once mentioned a most perplexing woman I met in the grounds and whom appeared to know my face. She returned again some three days ago, calling at the door, waiting to correctly ascertain the name of the house. On hearing it indeed to be Manidown, she frowned most darkly and turned on her heel. And were I not sure it to be the most ludicrous of thought, I should swear she wore the same dandy garments as the first day I crossed her path. I must set aside my pen, 
but remain forever yours. JBW The maelstrom was threatening to erupt again. The professor stood among trees, watching the house as the fog began to obscure it from view. She looked up and saw leaves grow on the branches, drop, change colour in mid-air and land on the ground as no more than weathered scraps. The workings of the chronometer clicked. 1803 was becoming 1804. That face, she thought to herself. Surely it must be her, and yet it can't be. It was wrong. It was broken. My dear Cassandra, as I write I see from my window the last patches of tainted snow dissembling into the winter mud, and I cannot help but feel they are taking with them some last vestige of myself. I lament the long evenings wherein you insisted upon warning me against the proposal of Mr. Bigwither. This very afternoon you must have experienced a great shiver as the prophetic power of your warnings came to pass. I find my social circle diminished of late, no doubt the doing of Aunt Lydia and her campaign of false rumours, and so occupy myself on walks in the countryside. The sodden earth and chill wind are of no fear to me. I returned some hours ahead of penning this missive to discover Mr. Bigwither in the embrace of young Lucy Emerson. Sister, I have no tears to cry. Mr. Raleigh, visiting to collect a raft of papers and ledgers, stumbled across the scene and took to usher me inside as Miss Emerson fled in a cab and Mr. Bigwither returned to his work. I must credit Mr. Raleigh with guiding me to my rooms, for in that instant I had no sense of movement. I shall end this letter to attend a knock at my door. Perchance it is the master of the house. I shall write to you anon. Yours, Jane. Jane set down her pen and closed her eyes, hoping that when they reopened some transformation might have occurred within her circumstance to whisk her away from the numbing inevitability of what had occurred that day. But when she lifted her tired lids again, the same writing-desk stood before her, the same candle burned upon it, and the same dim winter afternoon filled the window. Another knock sounded at the door and she stood, brushing down her dress in a gesture born more from custom than care. She walked across the room unready for the confrontation with Harris, but unwilling to delay it. To her surprise, when she opened the door it was not the ill-defined features of her husband which met her, but a face she had seen twice before without ever having a name to attach to it. Before she could say a word, this was corrected. Professor Cronomier at your service, the woman chimed whilst raising her hat. I'm so sorry to interrupt at this hour, Mrs. Bigwither, but I really must speak with you. I've come to save your life. The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier Temper and Temporality, an Unbound Theatre production, written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. <laughs>